but I think he's searching for another mighty mark. Will he get it here? Yes! Touchdown pass, 5-4-0 in the 5-0-4. Welcome to the American Football Show, where we sweat more than Josh Gordon at a drugs test. <laughs> Credit to Craig. Um... First, well, first little intro here. Joe's actually proposed a question to, that none of us have heard so far. Yeah, so I was thinking about this other, the other day, and um, I thought it would be quite fun. I wanted to like, research it myself, but then I was like, you know what? I'm going to pose it to you. So, since week one of the NFL, and this is going off the power rankings of uh, Dan Hanser's, uh, the official NFL website, what team has moved up the most places from week one? To week 16 and what team has dropped the most since week one to week 16 Ooh. i want to give you a bit of time to think about it i've, I've done the top three in both area Some week one i mean that is interesting so i was gonna say if you all have a think i look at all the teams just for a reminder 32 nfl teams oh that is a very solid question I think I know the drop. I think I know the drop. I personally, in my head, I got the dropped, but I didn't get the the best somehow. Like it's, I don't want to give too much away. Oh, I think I know the dropped. But are they that bad? I don't actually know. I I don't know what I've not read. I've not read the rankings. No, I've got. Oh, they could also be a top as well. So it's from week one, so injuries that happen in the off-season will still count. That's yes. Important. That's yeah. important. That's important. So this was literally as the the Bears and Packers kicked off on that Thursday night back in September. Yeah. They could definitely be there, though. Right, I'm going to take my biggest fall. It's I was thinking the Eagles because they're just trash. Oh, it could be the Eagles, though. Um, I know, I'm going to stick on my gut and say the Cleveland Browns. Okay, so you've gone worse Cleveland Browns. Tim? I've also gone worse Cleveland Browns. And Craig? Uh, you know... Uh, what, that's dropped the most? Yeah. I'm torn between three. Uh, you know what? Spy make it spicy. I'm not going to go Browns. I'm going to go... I'm going to go Panthers. Right, Ooh. okay. So, just to let you know, Ooh, none of those teams that you mentioned are is in the, the top three. Sorry, is it the, is it the Chargers? So, the Chargers are third with the Bears. They've Ooh. dropped 11 places. Second is, it... is the Jaguars, who have ah. dropped 12 places. And the worst team to have fallen, the LA Rams, from second to 15th. That must have happened quickly, Ooh. that drop, though, like yeah. recently. So that's that's why they are down there. So have you had any thought about the best? It's 49ers. Bills. I'm going to say Steelers. So in fact, Craig, so the Steelers have actually dropped four places from the beginning. They started <laughs> okay, off eighth and now they are 12th because obviously they had Big Ben at the beginning of the season. So they dropped from that. So in third... Actually, joint third and second, uh, you've got the Bucks, who have gone up 13 places. Yeah, yeah I was thinking them. And, and the Bills have gone up 13 places. Yes. But as you said, Adam, miles ahead, uh, the 49ers have gone up 20 places. Yeah. Tw- they were 24th 
no one who knew of the who year. they were in week one. Yeah. And then suddenly they just blew the doors off. Exactly. Other notable mentions on here, just having a little look. I want to give uh, props to the, the Cardinals, gone up seven places from the beginning. How'd the Titans go up? The Titans, let me have a look. So Titans have gone up nine places. I thought they, they were, I, th- I was nearly going to say them. Yeah, they were 20th and they've gone up to 11th now. Uh, yeah, they're sort of the, the main big movers. The Raiders have only gone up two. What's the Eagles I was going to say, the Raiders probably settled where they start. Yeah. The Eagles have dropped nine from yeah, fifth to 14th. Yeah. The Ravens have gone up 10 from 11th to first. And the Pats have dropped five from Ooh. first to sixth. Saucy. But yeah. But yeah thought, thought Good question. I like that one. Top quality question there, Joe. That's all right, mate. Let's go straight into the week in review. Uh, and what was the Thursday night game we had this week? Jets Ravens. Who's got Jets Ravens? That'll be me. Do you want to start us off? Certainly will. So it was <laughs> Lamar Jackson's show again. As Lamar Jackson threw for five touchdowns and broke the quarterback rushing record, the Ravens won 45 21. Uh, with a win, the Ravens clinched the AFC North. If they beat Cleveland next week, they clinch the number one seed. Uh, Baltimore led from the first quarter. They scored in the first three possessions, leading 21 7 at half time. Uh, Jets scored two late touchdowns, one return of a block punt. Uh, one of my pet peeves, though, was celebrating a meaningless two-point conversion. Why? Why bother? Anyway, so MVP of that one, Lamar Jackson, 15-23, to 23, 212 yards, passing five touchdowns and eight for 86 rushing. Um, question is, do they rest him next week? I doubt it because they're going for the number one seed. And obviously, he's got huge fantasy implications for anyone who's got a fantasy final this week. Yeah, he crushed my playoff hopes. He's got like 48 points on me. He uh, won my play- I won my playoff by 100 points. Oh, literally, after, after the Thursday night, I looked at the scores and I was like, right, okay. And the other guy had CMC as well. He ran for like 35. Killed me. Killed me. Uh, speaking of CMC, he had the Panthers. That was myself, actually. Uh, so I've got the Seahawks, who scored 30 at the Carolina Panthers, who scored 24. Uh, it was very good offensively by the Seahawks. Uh, I think it's the first time they've scored on three opening possessions in quite a while in a row, uh, much like the Ravens did. Um, Russell Wilson's always going to be Russell Wilson. it just be fantastic. Uh, Chris Carson kind of shouldered the load a lot with um, Rashad Penny out for the year. Tyler Lockett, this is his first kind of game where he's looked like himself after his little stint on IR. Um, Josh Gordon uh, had a really nice third-yard catch. We'll talk about him later. Uh, DK Metcalf made a really nice red zone touchdown. Um, Defensively, uh, they had a lot of starters out, I believe. Um, Jadavian Clowney. um, Quandre Diggs went out with an ankle injury. Um, They they were down a lot of their receivers. uh, Sorry, their, their defense. So... And they did really well without them. KJ Wright got two interceptions um, and Bobby Wagner almost got a third or like basically nearly got a third one. So they're doing really well defensively without the starters, which um, Pete Carroll's always done, I've thought. Panthers-wise, just a bit of a poor show and really Carl Allen's now been benched, which we'll get into you later after throwing three interceptions. CMC did CMC things, 87 yards, two touchdowns, can't really fault him there. DJ Moore had a 100-yard game, which is really good. He's clearly the, the replacement for Steve Smith there. 
uh, but defensively just quite quiet. One interception, two sacks. But yeah, it was it was a good game for the Seahawks. They really cemented themselves as a, as a great team. Uh, Joe, what was your next game? So I'm going to kick off uh, with the Bears going to Green Bay. So the Packers won this one 21-13. This now means that the Bears are completely eliminated from the playoffs. People were talking about them after their little uh, winning streak that they might be able to have a little sneak chance, but that's completely gone now. Uh, The Packers' offense, it's okay. Uh, It's nothing special. I mean, they're currently sitting in the second seed spot, which, to be honest, with that NFC, with who you've got in there, is a bit, bit surprising. Rodgers was struggling a little bit. Uh, but he's lucky to have a man like Devontae Adams on his team. Uh, the guy's an absolute beast. He ran for 103 yards, uh, and that was 14.7 yards per attempt. So big, big gains there. Uh, Trubisky sort of came a little bit back down to earth. I know everyone was sort of thinking, oh, is he is he all right? Is he not too bad? But it's something that the Bears are definitely going to have to look at too uh, in the in the postseason. He threw for 334 yards, but he did throw two interceptions. It's just that inconsistency that he's got there. And on the rest of the Bears' offense, I mean, Alan Robinson had another huge game. He managed to receive 125 yards, and Miller as well. He got 118 yards and also a touchdown to his name. The Bears they tried to stage a fourth quarter uh, sort of comeback after the Packers managed to take a 21-3 lead earlier in the game. They nearly did it, actually. Uh, they managed to get up to uh, 21-13, which obviously was the final score. Uh, Trubisky threw a Hail Mary pass. It was tipped, and Riley Ridley dropped the ball in the end zone with one second to go. So the Bears went for it. Packers completely blitzed Trubisky, so they went for a big old lateral play, and they managed to drop the ball in front of the Packers and about the two, three yard line. So they were very, very close, but just didn't get there. Uh, my MVP for that one's going to be Aaron Jones. I haven't mentioned him yet, but the bloke got two touchdowns and sort of really got that Packers offense going in the red zone when they needed it. Yeah, I really enjoyed the end of that game, that last play with all the laterals, where they were just trying to keep it going and he was so close that he was only a few yards away. Like, it was Literally. a really enjoyable end of the game. They looked like they were going to do it, and I was actually pretty gutted they didn't, to be honest. Not mainly because I had the Bears down as my prediction, but, you know, that would have been crazy if they managed to have done that. Yeah. Okay, Craig, what was your next game? Yeah, so my first game this week was Broncos at Chiefs. Uh, Mahomes, Kelsey and Hill just picked apart the Broncos' defence at Arrowhead for the win, 23-3. Over the Broncos, it was a snowy night. Weather wasn't particularly great. Um, and, you know, for a team that's known for its offense, its defense really stepped up, you know, and against the recently better-looking Broncos, um, held them to only three points. You know, Tyron Matthew, Frank Clark and Chris Jones all had a good game. You know, it was good pressure from Jones and Clark. Uh, Chiefs offense looking like it did at the start of the season, even despite the conditions. You know, if it, if it wasn't for the snow, they could have easily put double the amount of points up in the ad, um on the board. Other than a late pick, Mahomes, he, he, he looked quality. Like, he was pulling off throws that were just beautiful to watch. And, you know, the snow just didn't seem to affect him. And he was moving really well, regardless of, of you know, of what the ground was like. Um, it just his knee didn't look like it was much of an issue for him anymore. And they definitely looked like they're starting to get hot again as they're moving closer to the playoffs. Um, 
you know, this win, it helps them. They're now hot on the heels of um, the Patriots and looking to take that buy off them. My MVP in this one was Kelsey. Kelsey had a great game, 11 receptions, 142 yards. He, he continues to be just that that anchor for Mahomes when he needs it. Good stuff. Um, sorry, my voice just went there. <laughs> um, so my next game I had was the Buccaneers at the Lions. Lions at the Buccaneers, sorry. Lions scored 17 at the Bucks, who scored 38. First things first, let's big it up to Shaq Barrett. He was now tied Hall of Famer. Warren Sapps, uh, the franchise sack record holder for the books, and he's still got two more weeks. And with the bits he's doing, I could see him getting a twenty, which is a really big achievement. Uh, books are—it's such a fun team to watch. They're off- offensive powerhouse, uh, and honestly, I can't wait to see what they can do with a kind of little more time for Bruce Arians to uh, fiddle with the roster in the playbook. Uh, Jamise went 28 completions of 42 attempts, so not great there, but 458 yards, four touchdowns, and of course an interception, uh, which makes him the only player to have thrown 450 yards back-to-back, which is a cool stat. Uh, Brashad Perryman, uh, which, who's now the wide receiver one for the the Bucks after um, their wide receiver two got knocked out, uh, went for a hat-trick um, in the air, which is really good. Uh, Blau for the Lions threw for two interceptions. And um, with him being Matt Stafford's backup, uh, it's, it's just got to be quite hard because that team's designed with a great passer. Um, and while the books are out of contention, it's, it's just a team I can't wait to see next year. Uh, MVP there, I've got uh, Jameis Winston. God, Godwin went out in that game as well, didn't he? Yeah, that, Godwin's that, now. That. They've lost Mike Evans and Godwin's out with a hamstring injury, I think it was. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a tough loss for them, that. He's been, he's been good for them. Yeah, I agree. Um, what was your next game there, Joe? So my next game, I'm going to go for the Browns uh, going to the Cardinals and losing 38 to 24. This Cardinals offense, first of all, has come such a long way from last year. I know a lot of people have been comparing it to last year when it was when it was Rosen at the helm and they just weren't managing to get anything going. They're actually the worst offense by by quite a long way. But Kyler Murray's obviously come in and changed a lot of things. I know we pretty much all of us are excited about what the future beholds for him. But Kenyon Drake has been a massive, massive addition. This guy's he's been nuts. In in this game he had 137 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, that's just crazy, crazy numbers. You know, if the Cardinals managed to get a few more good players in the in the offseason, especially in the draft as well, because they're not going to be, you know, they're not going to be the lowest in that draft they're going to be pretty high up so they're going to have a chance to bring in some players that can really make a difference uh, last week I watched Cardinals and Kyler Murray I remember mentioning the fact that the the O-line really didn't do him any favours he's getting sacked he's running around having to throw the ball quickly but their offensive line was, was really good today uh, sorry on Sunday Kyler Murray wasn't sacked once in fact he wasn't really pressured at all so nice for him to be able to be in that pocket and show what he can do rush as well rush for over 60 yards as well as him throwing for over 200 so good game for him with this Browns team they're just an absolute shambles really uh, the only guy that's pulling his weight is Chubb and he had another great game you know 127 yards and a touchdown he is now the leading rusher am I correct just going off yeah. the top of my head now I can't remember if it's him or if, if he's overtaken CMC or not or Cook, whoever it was. Yeah, but... it was Cook that was in the, in the lead. So, yeah, so Chubb, is, he's up there and he's doing his thing. He's the only guy that's done anything for them this year. And they've, well, the Browns, we know what they're like. Freddie Kitchens has 
probably, and I'd say I don't wish you know on anyone, but hopefully he's on the way out because this, <laughs> this team it's got so much talent to be doing what it's doing. It's just not it's not even massively exciting, and that's the problem. If they're going to be losing, they're not losing excitingly, apart from Chubb. So hopefully they manage to turn that around. Uh, MVP for this one, obviously, is Kenyon Drake after that pretty mighty performance. Okay, Tim, what was your next game? Unfortunately, it's the Jags Raiders. So the Jags took their only lead of the game, 31 seconds left in the game to spoil the last game in the Oakland Coliseum. Uh, the Raiders completely dominated the first half. They were leading 16-3 at half time. Doesn't really sound like a domination, but it was. Uh, Darren Waller had a huge game in the first half. Uh, Terrell Williams scored a 40-yard reception from Carr. And Daniel Carson scored three field goals. And then it all went pear-shaped. Uh, it's quite a third quarter. Jags scored the only points with a field goal. Fourth quarter, the Jags scored with five minutes left in the game on their 79-yard drive, capped by Minshew to Connolly touchdown. And then one last time, the rest screwed the Raiders. Uh, Carr rushed for a first down. He uh, dove and slid inbounds. But the refs then ruled him out of bounds because his slide ended out of bounds. Uh, if he'd stayed in bounds, it would have gone down to two-minute warning. The Jags would then have to use the timeouts and we would have run the clock out. Instead, Jags got the ball back, drove down the field and scored the winning touchdown. Um, as you can tell, it was a very disappointing game for Raiders fans. It was a party atmosphere at the start. Everything was looking good. But at the end, the crowd booed off the fans. Players went up to the black hole. They got booed. They got things thrown at them. So it wasn't a very pleasant end to the game. But MVP for that game was the Oakland Coliseum. You're a dump, but you're our dump. Cute. Very cute. Thank you. Craig. Yeah, so my next game was Vikings at Chargers. Uh, Vikings taking this one on the road, 39-10 to 10 over the Chargers. Uh, 19, it was 19-10 at the end of the first half and the Chargers still looked like they were, had a bit of fight in them but the second half was just awful um, the Vikings putting 21 ounce of points up in the second half the Chargers had 7 turnovers in this game 7 like you're not going to win a game turning the ball over 7 times that is going to kill you um, so one thing I like to do is I like to when I'm taking when I'm watching a game and when I'm taking my notes is I like to record how the drives turn out so what I have in front of me was the last nine possessions of the Chargers, and I'm going to read them out to you, okay? So you have interception, you have a fumble that was retained for six at the end of the half. So second half, they, all of their possessions in the second half, it was fumble, punt, turnover on downs, fumble, interception, interception, and then the final drive was ended by the end of the game. So it was it was not a good good outcome for the Chargers' offense at all. It, Rivers just didn't look good. Like he's when he's throwing the ball, he's just kind of it's like he's just throwing a hail mary pass. He's just throwing, and he's hoping the receiver's going to be there. And you know, after three interceptions on the night, it was fifty fifty whether the the receiver was going to be there or whether the defensive back was going to be there. Um, Gordon as well didn't particularly have a good game. He fumbled it twice. He was benched and um, ended up missing the last half of the second half. Uh, the Vikings scoreline it was it looks more impressive than it was due to the number of turnovers. You know, they lost Cook due to his shoulder injury and Boone saw a lot of game time. Um, he had an okay night, 13 carries, 56 yards and two touchdowns. 
Um, Vikings play the Packers next week at home and it's the last chance to prove that they can beat a winning team this season. Yeah, okay. Um, I have the Eagles at Redskins, uh, which was um, a good a good game, I would say. Uh, similar to the week one, uh, sorry, Eagles won with 37 at the Redskins, who scored 27. Similar to their week one matchup, the Redskins had the lead going into the half. Uh, which, of course, made me very upset on the group chat. Uh, but the Eagles did come back into contention like we always end up doing, carrying on the playoff hopes, which is really quite struggling because it, it hurts me. Uh, this was the first game Dwayne Haskins had looked kind of like a half-decent quarterback. Uh, despite the loss, um, one of the announcers said it as well, uh, he could look at this game with po- definitely good positives in there, make good decisions, and he, he did throw some absolute uh, great balls against us. It was a really nice 75-yard one to Terry McLaurin, who's having an outstanding rookie season. Um, Eagles did need the win. Uh, Wentz lost the ball on another fumble, which is starting to really do my head in. Uh, he made some throws reminiscent of the MVP season in 2017. Uh, if you want an example of that, watch the throw to Miles Sanders uh, into the end zone. That was really, really nice. Um, Miles Sanders also broke two records and a drought in this game. Uh, being the only Eagles 100-yard rush in 41 games since I believe it was LeGarrette Blunt back in our Super Bowl season. Uh, also broke Deshaun Jackson's most scrimmage yards as a rookie record, which is pretty impressive. Uh, and also Westbrook's, uh, Brian Westbrook's rookie rushing yards record, which is great, great stuff. Um, pretty distinguished company. Game was a, a way closer than it looked. Um, the reason we scored that extra seven uh, was on a the final play with a kind of a bad lateral that they're doing on a Hail Mary and Bradham just grabbed that ball and ran it in. Uh, shout out to Greg Ward, who went 61 yards and also had his first NFL touchdown. Uh, I think our receivers going into game had 20 catches in the NFL between them. So good that we found one. Uh, our MVP for that is going to be Miles Sanders. He ran for 122 yards, caught 50 yards and got a touchdown on both ends of the field. So really fun game for me to watch. Uh, Joe, how about your team? Yeah, so my team got a win. Uh, my tone of voice probably doesn't sound like we did, but now we did, even if it was against the worst team in the league. So the Patriots went to the Bengals and won 34-13. To be honest, this was a game where I was hoping that the offence was going to get going and, you know, we'd managed to find our feet just like we always do, but it didn't seem to happen. In fact, in the first half, especially the first quarter, I was really worried. You know, we went into the second quarter 10-7 down and it was one of those where you didn't know if we were going to get out of the hole or not. But our defence stepped up like they have done and saved us yet again. So in the second half, on the first two drives for the Bengals, they throw two picks, uh, including Stefan Gilmore taking the ball and taking it to the house for six. This guy is just a different breed. Uh, I know, obviously, we talk about the pro by him being in there, but he's just cementing himself as a strong, strong nominee for that Defensive Player of the Year award. He's just something else. He had two interceptions this game. Dalton actually ended up throwing four interceptions in total. He had a real stinker. Poor from him. And he, he wasn't the only quarterback that had a bad game. Tom Brady had a... A pretty a shocker if we're going to be totally honest his lowest yardage of the season so far and this is against the Bengals it, it doesn't bode well for the future only 128 yards for Tom Brady through two interceptions but those two interceptions came on short fields 
It's just the ball's not getting moved down the pitch quick enough. It's just a bit of a bit of a problem. And once we get into those playoffs, and to be honest, when you look at the AFC, bar the wild cards, I think any of those top four are just going to roll us over, really. Um, yeah, so the offense isn't going to really happen. Uh, for the Bengals, positives for them. Uh, Joe Mixon had a really, really good game, actually. 136 yards for him. And I think Bill Belichick even called him uh, the best running back in the league after the game as well, which from that man's a pretty big compliment. Uh, in regards, there's not much else to say. I mean, JC Jackson got the other two interceptions, which was nice for him. He's also having a pretty good season. My MVP for that one has to be Stefan Gilmore. I can't see it be anyone else. But yeah, hopefully the Pats can turn this around because it's not looking good. Okay, Tim, your third game. My third game was the Monday night game, the Saints at the Colts. Uh, Saints won 34-7, but quite frankly, the score was irrelevant. Uh, Drew Brees became the NFL's all-time leader in touchdown passes. He threw four touchdowns uh, to take his career total to 541, overtaking Peyton Manning. Um, It was an overall performance worthy of the occasion. Brees was magnificent. He set a single-game completion record of 96.7%. He only missed one pass. He finished 29 completions of 30 passes, 307 yards. Uh, That's 10.2 yards average and four touchdowns. He said after the game, uh, you always think about the one that you missed. If I just set my feet right and threw it to the running back, it was 30 for 30. So that may haunt me for a little while. That kind of shows you what sort of uh, guy he is if he's worried about the one pass he missed. Um, Michael Thomas, he had a big game as well, 1,228 in the touchdown. He set a single-season franchise catch record. Um, game itself was a really one-sided affair. Saints looked like Super Bowl contenders. Uh, Colts only scored late in the fourth quarter. One-yard touchdown run from Jordan Withen, I think he said there. Uh, even Booger McFarland couldn't spoil the game. Uh, it's just brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, shout out to Drew Brees for beating Peyton Manning. Mm. Yeah, not 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 that he listens. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Drew. <laughs> uh, Craig, what was your third game? Yeah, so my third game was Dolphins at Giants, um, and the Eli Manning led Giants took the win at the MetLife, um, taking his record back to to five hundred after 16, 16 seasons in the league. And uh, what looks like the end of the Eli era, the end of this game definitely turned into the Eli Manning show. The end of the fourth, he was brought off to a standing ovation, which pretty much continued into the end of the game, and uh, nearly brought him to tears. It was a it was a nice way for him to go out. You know, it's a end of an era. Um, but they also snapped a nine-game losing streak, which is a franchise tying record. Which is, you know, I suppose a, a more of a positive way to end a not so great season for them. Um, Hopefully, I, that's, I think that's, that's the end for it now. I kind of got the impression from watching this game that, however, Daniel Jones is um, next week. I don't think we'll see Eli on the field again. Um, you know, and it was it was just a picturesque way to end it, you know, with the, with the standing ovation. It was in the MetLife with the win. He had his family waiting for him in the tunnel, you know, and it was that that was pretty much about as much as there was to say for this game. He didn't particularly have a great performance. He threw three interceptions on the night, two touchdowns. But yeah, that's that's kind of as much as there is to say about that game. What a great career, Eli! Thanks for listening. Yeah, sixteen seasons—that's a long time. Like, 
Um, okay, on to our games of the week. Uh, I had the Rams at the Cowboys, which was re- meant to be a lot better game going into it, but unfortunately, uh, the Cowboys uh, kind of destroyed them. Uh, the Rams just decided to almost... Uh, Rams scored 21 at Cowboys. He scored 44, sorry. Um, but the Rams really regressed back to their early season state, uh, obviously which really wasn't good, and they got trashed. Um, Cowboys won this game on the ground as they, I think, going into this year, that's what they wanted. Um, O-line overpowered the Rams. They game-planned Aaron Donald out of the game, who actually only went for one tackle and two assists, and that's crazy considering he's Hall of Fame level. Uh, Tony Pollard, Zeke's backup, actually outran Zeke. Uh, He went 131 yards on 12 carries, which is pretty absurd. Uh, Zeke Ashwin went for 117 yards on double the amount of carries on 24. Um, so it points back to what you like to say, Craig, about the Cowboys, that they're good because that O-line's so good. Um, but then again, most of, if you've got a good O-line, your running back's going to be good just because of the opportunities. Um, Rams, yeah, terrible performance. Uh, really n- not much good to say about it. Tyler Higby uh, went for, uh, I think it was 110 yards. Uh, with some really big uh, yard-after-catch runs, kind of like the prototypical tight end you want now. So that's a a highlight. But yeah, they they really smothered the Rams. Uh, Jared Goff looked off going into the game. So yeah, it's... It was a, an annoying win for the Cowboys, in my opinion, as well. Uh, MVP going to Tony Pollard, who uh, it annoys me that the Cowboys have now got two good running backs. But yeah, that was that game of the week, and it this is affecting the NFC massively. Uh, and do you want to tell us why that is, Tim? Yes, because the Falcons beat the 49ers 29-22. Um, it was a major shock for the 49ers in the week after they put 48 points on the Saints in what I think was the game of the season, quite frankly. Um, it could have been a hangover from that game, uh, but the 49ers just did look the same. Uh, they'd already clinched the playoffs uh, when the Rams beat uh, were beaten by the Cowboys. Uh, Matt Ryan threw a five-yard touchdown pass to Julio Jones with two seconds left in the game. Take the lead to 23-22. Falcons then returned the fumble after a desperation lateral on the kickoff for a touchdown um, to win the game 29-22. Uh, the end of the game was absolutely mental. Uh, first of all, they thought they scored. Austin Hooper caught a touchdown. That was overturned after replay. Um, he kind of bobbled it, but looked to me like he, he actually caught it. So went back again, and then the second one, where Jones actually scored on, didn't look like a touchdown to me. He just barely crossed the line before being pushed back out, but they gave that one uh, on the touchdown. Um, Niners' defense has got five season-ending injuries to starters, so they were missing quite a few players, including their top nickel cornerback. Um, the Falcons actually had the seventh-rated uh, offense in the NFL, and that showed. Julio Jones seemed to be open all day all day long, and he finished with 13 catches for 134 yards and two touchdowns. He's my MVP. Interestingly, George Kittle, who also looked good, he had 13 catches for 130 yards, exactly the same number. Um, great game to watch, especially the end of I think it was the quickest time that two touchdowns have ever been scored. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven seconds or six seconds. It broke It broke the record or something. Um, but uh, Craig, what was your game of the week there? 
Yeah, so my game of the week was one I was really excited for. It was uh, Texans and Titans. Uh, Texans scored in 10 straight points late in the fourth to take the win, 24-21, in a, in a heartbreaker for the Titans, really. And have now got control of the NFC, AFC, sorry, South, uh, with a one-game lead and two left to play. Um, Texans have been a tough one to call this year. They've been so inconsistent. You know, they can show up one week and they can play against anyone, and then the next week they can just put a stinker up against a mediocre team. Uh, whereas the Titans, in my opinion, have you know they've looked like they've just been getting stronger week to week, and they've got one of the stronger offenses, in my opinion, at the moment in the NFL. And it they did look like the better team on the night. You know, they finished with over sixty yards more than the Texans, but it just I think it was one play that cost them it, uh, and I think that one play may have cost cost them the playoffs. To be honest, um, it was a it, it was an interception from Fakeser uh, right at the goal line, just as he was about to score. Merciless picked it up, retained it back to the end zone and still scores. So they've gone from, you know, looking at one play to tie it up to now being 14 points down. Um, Titans still rallied together, managed to fight back and tie it up. But unfortunately, they just right at the end of the game, they just couldn't stop Hopkins. Um, he, just, he just balled out. Um, you know, in my opinion, he's probably the best receiver in the league at the moment or maybe Michael Thomas, but you just, just couldn't stop him. Um, the Texans win on Saturday, it clinches the playoff spot for them. Uh, one of my favourite plays early on in this game for Cardo's interception it was literally one of the most beautiful interceptions I've ever seen especially this season um, the ball gets thrown right into the corner of the end zone and he just comes out of nowhere and just catches it right before he hits his chest and what was going to be a touchdown is suddenly a touchback it was it was beautiful to watch if you haven't seen it go back and find it um, yeah and now um, do you now tie the Packers record Okay. Joe, what was your game of the week to finish us off? Yep, so I had the big Sunday night fixture. The game that had a lot of implications for the AFC playoff picture. And so the Bills went to Pittsburgh and won 17-10 to secure their place in the playoffs. Uh, They've reached playoff berth with two games to go, which for the Buffalo Bills is, is huge, really. Massive for them, and to be honest, I'm pretty happy for them. I'm glad they've done it because they deserve to be there. And for them as well, you talk about big games and them getting good. You know, going to Pittsburgh and getting a win is not an easy thing to do, and they've managed to do it. And they've done it well because this was the game of the turnovers, to be honest. There was five interceptions and two fumble uh, turnovers in the whole game. The Bills' defence and the team, they seem to be peaking at the right point especially their defence. I mean, Jadavius White is an absolute monster. He had two picks, well, two more picks in this game, and he really has proven himself to be up there as well with some of the best defensive players in the league. Little side note, uh, I thought the Steelers jerseys in this were, were were proper nice, actually. Sort of the mainly black with a few yellow stripes, a few little yellow marks on them, looking, looking really good. Uh, both defences sort of showed they're very strong. Uh, Josh Allen, uh, to be honest, Josh Allen seems to be all right. He's, he seems to be doing enough at the moment. Uh, he's improving. He's a lot better than he was last season, but he is improving. He had a nice rush touchdown as well, uh, using Devin Singletary as a block. Whereas, on the other hand, uh, the Steelers quarterback, Duck Hodges, he really, really suffered, to be honest. I know people like myself who are saying he's better than Mason Rudolph, and I still believe he is better than Mason Rudolph. 
But, you know, he's an undrafted quarterback, undrafted rookie quarterback. He's not anything special. And it shows that they need to get Ben back for next year, really, and get going again, or even find a, a more decent backup. Duck Hodges, he threw four picks and was also sacked four times in this game. He really didn't do too well at all. My MVP for this one has got to be the man, Tredavious White. Yeah, Tredavious White's outstanding. I think he's so underrated. Yeah, he's great. Even that whole that, the whole Bills defense is still underrated. People are really starting to realise what they're like. And yeah. they, had the little, they had a little dip sort of halfway through the season. But they are, as an actual unit, not many two massively well-known players, but they just seem to work so well as a team. And when do the Bills and Patriots play next? This week, Ooh. Saturday night. Ooh, I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Big game, 9.30 our time. Okay, Saturday. Yeah, I'm going to find a pub. Right, let's move on to the notable injuries for this week. We obviously mentioned a few there. Big one there. Who who noted down Dalvin Cook? Uh, that would be me. Any in- information? Yeah, it's his, it's his shoulder again. It's been <laughs> aggravating him and um, it's been, you know, it's one I think we've all seen coming up to now. It's, it's been a bit of an issue the last few weeks and it looks like um, it's it's happened again. Right, we've also got uh, Camus Grugier-Hill, uh, who's an Eagles linebacker, leaving us very thin in the linebacker department. Chris Godwin's out for the Bucks with a hamstring issue, which I don't know if it's going to affect Jimmy's because he, he just tends to throw it anywhere anyway. Um, Tim, you've got a few Raiders there. Josh Jacobs is being announced out for the next game for a shoulder injury. Is Gruden literally just said that he's out for the next game with a shoulder injury, hoping to come back for the final game against Denver. That doesn't help anyone who's got him in his fantasy team for the final this weekend, so I need to change my fantasy team. Um, and Trent Brown has also been put on IR. He's had a good season. He's actually uh, are one of our only two Pro Bowl votes, so without a one Pro Bowl player now. Mm, okay, then. Uh, I believe that's all the ones you've written down. There could be more that uh, you just missed. Uh, Quandre Diggs, there's one. Uh, yeah, talk- I think feelings still still weak like he delimited the snaps in this Vikings game but I think he's done oh was right. he playing again though I didn't realise he was yeah he, he came back for this game but he um, delimited the snap count and it still looks like it could be an issue alright then uh, news talking points so you've got Kyle Allen for the Panthers being benched do we think that's the right move I don't think <laughs> it really matters at this point <laughs> no <laughs> who's coming in it's their Will rookie Greer. quarterback, Will Greer, yeah. Is he a rookie? Yeah, he is a rookie, because I think we tried yep. to draft him. Is, yeah, why not? Try someone else, see if he, who you want as your backup next year. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle has thrown a lot of ints. Yeah. Uh, then we've got uh, we've got Raiders changes, Tim. I'm assuming you wrote that. I did not. What's changed? Uh, no, you see, I put that from from t- after Tim's rant the other day in in the, in the WhatsApp chat that we've got. <laughs> where he was talking about the um, the perspective changes that he would like to see. So I thought I'd like to throw it out there for Tim to elaborate. Now he's got a chance to discuss it a bit, a bit more. As we said at the start, it's a family show, so I'm going to cut down on a bit about deportations and executions. But <laughs> um, it was just so disappointing. Your last game. After the after the the good start of the season, where at one point we were sitting six and four, we've just become predictable, boring. The the, the coaching they just don't make adjustments. You can see that 
we do very well right at the start of the game. And then, you know, even the Jags worked out, right, okay, we've got to cover a tight end, so we'll change up our schemes. And we were just doing the same thing over and over again. Um, cars become just a, a check down Charlie, just dropping balls off for three yards when you need six. Um, I don't know what to change, quite honestly. I looked at the roster the other day. There's only about six players that I think we should keep. Um, one person that I'll pay is playing fair out of Oakland, quite frankly, is Brandon Parker, the replacement tackle. We just don't have any depth as well. Once the starter goes out, the offensive line's good, but once we lost Trent, I'm, I'm starting to rant again. I know that. But, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of changes at the Raiders. Okay. Then we've got, rhyming with Raiders, the waivers. Yeah, Craig. so Terrell Suggs, he was uh, let go by the Cardinals. and Was he? It looks like, yeah, he was, and it looks like he's been picked up by Kansas City. So, interesting one there. I know I'm not oh. sure how I feel about how well he'd fit in there. And I think they, they maybe could do with a bit more of a help on the pass rush, but does, the question is, does Suggs still have it in him? I didn't know he'd been dropped. And there's also Janoris Jenkins in there. Yeah, he's, uh, he got picked up by the Saints, so that that that'll be interesting to see how that one goes. They're quite good at picking up quarterbacks and just like flipping them. Uh, they I, picked I've up totally Eli Apple, didn't they? I totally misread that on the the rundown there. I thought someone was really disappointed that Jonas Jenkins <laughs> has been waved and just said no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a bit of a controversial one, as we alluded to at the beginning of this. Josh Gordon has been suspended indefinitely for failing another drug test. No, it's, it's been like what? It's been. It was this time last year, wasn't it? When it when it happened with the Patriots and the Patriots let him go, wasn't it? He was on the Patriots this year, wasn't he? Yeah, then we resigned him. Ah, okay. But yeah, yeah. That's big disappointment. Really, I feel like it must be awful for him because I'm sure the addictions. Obviously, causing him to just dump football. Because it was it was PEDs and recreational, wasn't it? I was gonna say this is the first time he's been done for anything performance enhancing, isn't it? Yeah. So it's a mix mix of the two. This is probably the worst one out of the lot. Right. So, mm. uh, we've I'm, got. I might be wrong, but I'm sure I read that the NBA had taken marijuana off the banned substances mm. list. Yeah, I think that's in the lower league, like baseball minor league, you can now smoke okay. marijuana. Same with um, MMA, isn't it? With the UFC. That's fine. They don't care about that. Neither does Gronk. I, I think <laughs> no. with Gordon, I think even if they were to lift his ban, I don't think any team would touch him now. I think he's had so no. many chances. I don't think anyone would take the risk on him now. I don't know. I think it's circumstantial. I think, I think if a team is... Desperate for a wide receiver, if it's even like three or four weeks, say it's going into the playoffs next year, and he's I don't know. I, I don't I don't think this will be the last we see of him. I can I just do. see him coming in at some point. I think he's gonna not not be allowed back in the league. It'll be a shame. It'll be a shame because obviously he's trying to fight fight. No, yeah, it's, it's obviously like mental health affliction. There's, yeah. a, there's only so many times you can fail a test and get banned. Um, this could, I, I agree. I think this could be it for him, unfortunately. Oh, well. QB role is changing, apparently. 
Yeah, so this is something I just wanted to bring up and maybe get get your thoughts on. There's, I've noticed this year, just looking back over over this season, and I think over the past few seasons that the the role of the QB from when I first started following the NFL is, is changing. You know, you look at the older QBs like Brady and Rogers and Eli and Rivers, and they're, they're all pocket passers. They're all people who require a good O line and time to to throw the ball and to pick the passes. And I think to to combat that what has happened is defensive linemen and defences have become a lot more athletic um, and I think that O-lines are now struggling to deal with that level of athleticism um, so there's just been I mean especially this year like the amount of QBs and the amount of sacks this year the QBs have been you know some certain QBs have been getting really beaten up and the, the status quo for the, the pocket passer has been the the ideal QB is sort of changing and the role of the QB is now sort of adapting and evolving slightly to now require a more mobile QB just to kind of deal with the the athleticism of the, the pass rushes that's coming at them. Um, I was just wondering what, what you thought about that and if, if you agree, you disagree. Oh, I think there'll always be... I think the pocket pass will always be a, a role. Like, look at... Yeah, it'll always be a role because the people like Lamar and um, Kyler, they run the risk of getting injured more by being the the, the mobile one. That it's obviously higher ceiling to take a Lamar Jackson because they can do all those plays, but it's safe to take a pocket passer. Like you look at like Sam Darnold. Obviously, the Jets are banked on getting a pocket passer out of him. So I think it, it, even it's just, the likes of the likes of him and the likes of Haskins has been the same. The the, the the new generation of guys that has come through that has been pocket passers have done nothing but get beaten up. Whereas the the guys who have come through and tend to have been more mobile and it, it seems to be becoming more and more successful and it seem to be able to cope with this sort of... I think it's getting more sexual that's coming co- at them. Coaching's improving so people can coach it now. I think also as well, Lamar especially is smarter when he runs because he runs out, he avoids hits, whereas other previous mobile quarterbacks thought that they could take on defenders like they did in college, and that's when they got hurt. So a number of times I've seen Lamar avoid hits, which is the smart thing to do. I know it sounds obvious, but and I think that's why he's doing well. And I think some of the rule changes are helping quarterbacks, because you can't, you can barely touch a quarterback now. But yeah, I mean, like, even, even the likes of... Um like Rodgers out of all of that group that I mentioned or that like sort of older generation now of QB that's in there Rodgers especially this season has been the most successful and out of all of that lot he is kind of the most mobile he's very good at being able to feel the pressure and step into it and step step you know step up when he needs but to Rogers has always been Rodgers has always been defined as a scrambler like he's dead good at scrambling outside the pocket but then I think there's a different I think there's three ones there's like there's the mobile quarterback like Lamar, like Kyler. Then there's these the scrambling quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. Then there's the pocket passers like Eli, Phil Rivers, Ben, Big Ben, and all that. It's just I get the impression now that for pocket passers, unless you have an extremely good O line or unless you're able to get rid of the ball very very quickly like Brady does and just throw them little dinky screen passes and stuff like that, like there's just no room for you anymore. Because the the pass rush and the guys that are coming at you are just so much more athletic than he used to be, and that's 
that's just the way the league's kind of gone at the moment. So it's sort of become a necessity for QBs to be a lot more mobile now. And you feel like teams are going to start looking for mobility as a more desirable skill higher up in the list than they previously would. I think all quarterbacks are needing to be more, as the game has progressed, you need to be, it's more less about massive, huge guys. It's more about athletic people, just like kind of a mix of both because there's no, no like you look at Patrick Mahomes, he's good at scrambling, but he's still, you can, he passes from the pocket most of the time. It's like most quarterbacks can now just run, but not in the sense like Lamar, but they could still run to the things. When, when Eli and Ben and Phil Rivers came into the league, you didn't need to do that. So do you think it's a trend or a permanent change to mobile, more mobile quarterbacks? Yes. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's it's more of a personally I think it's more of a change than a trend. I think it's something that is going to stick around. Yeah, it was going to. It's yeah. I'm I'm a believer in it's a trend only because I think like it's all about sort of changing and adapting both offense and defense. So offense, like in a way, like. We're getting these mobile quarterbacks, as you say, Craig. The the pass rush is so much more athletic now, but I think that's just going to get countered and become nearly ineffective, and it will come back round again. I don't know. I'm just a believer. And then maybe 15 years, you'll see more of a field general sort of class of quarterbacks coming through. I hope so. I, I like the mix. I don't want it to end up being these smaller athletic guys that can do all of it. You want that mix in the NFL. I think the difference in Lamar this year and last year, and I, Craig will probably know this more than me, but his, his passing's improved because his passing wasn't great last year. So now teams are, more, are worried that he's going to pass on them, whereas before they were just worried they knew he was going to run because he couldn't pass. But now he's got that dual threat. You know, that's why he's a lot better. So instead of just looking for running quarterbacks, teams kind of are looking for a unicorn, though. They're looking for someone who's a good passer and a good runner. Speaking yeah, of suddenly good passing. Suddenly worked heavily in the off-season with, with the whip. Right, was a main focal point for him, was his passing. Mm-hmm. It, it has definitely improved. Speaking of good passes, Drew Brees has passed the touchdown record. I know he's mentioned that before. Any discussion we want to do on it? Congratulations. Yeah, he's quite good. Brees. Yeah, fair play to him. Nice moment. Like, especially when, when he did it and all the cameras are on the family and whatnot and every player is just coming up to him and giving him congratulations. Nice moment. Hopefully the number 12 can, can catch up with him. Probably not. A big I, shout I, I out was... to Miami Dolphins too for deciding that they didn't want Drew Brees they wanted Dante Culpepper instead. Okay. Great, great decision. Speaking well, that, of Drew Brees, he went, he went to the, the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl votes are all in, and as a couple of us on this podcast know names, we think it's more of a popularity contest. Some, I mean, it's it's end of the day, it is the best players voted by players and analysts. So I'm just going to quickly go through AFC, NFC starters, then non-starters, uh, and then we can just talk about who we think was maybe snubbed, uh, who some people we think should be in there. So we've got the, we'll go through the AFC first. We'll go with wide receivers. Starters are DeAndre Hopkins from the Texans and Keenan Allen from the Chargers, uh, with backups being Jarvis Landry and Tyreek Hill. And for the NFC, 
the wide receiving starters were Julio Jones and Michael Thomas, of course. Uh, and then the backups were Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. What do we think of those ones, boys? Not many complaints, really. Mm. To, to be honest, nothing on my head. Quite like Jarvis Landry, and I, I've been following him because he's on my fantasy team, and he's he is quite good. Mad that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin both got him from the same team. That's pretty crazy. Um, on to the running backs. So for the AFC, we got starting Nick Chubb from the Browns, and um, backups being Derek Henry from the Titans and Mark Ingram from the Ravens. Um, fullbacks as well will go there. Patrick Ricard um, from the Ravens is the fullback for the AFC and for the NFC we've got um, Dalvin Cook as the starting running back with CMC and Zeke behind him uh, with Kyle Yusick as the fullback for the NFC uh, any any missed out ones there? CMC should be starting in my opinion Dalvin Cook was leading him in r- rushing and in some yard in receiving yards in some games as well though mm, I know but uh, I just think CMC has you've, you've noticed him a bit more, and he's he's impressed people a lot more. I don't know. You, might, you say about the yards. I'm surprised to see Joe Mixon not in there because he is a good running back. Mm, I think it's you, were talk, you were talking about um, what's his face like Nick Chubb earlier about him carrying the Browns. Like I feel like CMC has really been that for the for the Panthers. Oh yeah, we, we, that's been openly discussed though. I mean, it's like, didn't really sound so offensive there. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, quarterbacks for the AFC. Uh, start, and we got, of course, Lamar Jackson, backed up by Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Oh, that's, that's a three, that. Um, and then the AFC, the quarterbacks, is Russell Wilson starting with Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers behind him. I think the NFC, there could have been others quite easily in there. I've got a problem with that one. Yeah, me too. Why is Aaron Rodgers in it? Yep. Yeah. I like, think why? Could replace. Who's your replacer with in the Dak. NFC? Kurt Cousins. Oh. Yeah. Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> who did you say you'd replace him with? Cousins and who? I said Dak. You, you'd really replace him with Dak. Yeah, I'm really going to go there again. I know. I know. <laughs> Dak's had a better season than Rogers by by a long shot. No, oh, mate. I'll no, take. I, I completely disagree. Uh, I, 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 Rogers hasn't had a good season. I think Kyler Murray and um, Jimmy G could have an argument to get in there. Jimmy G's a good chat, actually. I agree with that one. Dark, I, I, I couldn't disagree more. Good. <laughs> Keep the hate. Um, right, on to the O-lines. Personally, my favourite Pro Bowl thing, so I think it's fun to see who gets in there. Uh, AFC, the starting O-line is Ronnie Stanley, uh, who's a left tackle, no, right tackle for the Ravens. Laramie Tunsil, who's the left tackle from the Texans. Uh, backup being Trent Brown. Uh, guards are Marshall Yonder from the Ravens. Quentin Nelson from the Colts, with David DeCastro from the Steelers backing up. The centre starting is Marquis Pouncey from the Steelers. Uh, and Rodney Hudson from the Raiders. And then on to the NFC, which is pretty much split between three teams. David Bakhtiari starting uh, tackle for the Packers. Tyron Smith starting tackle from the Cowboys. Tyrone Armstead, the backup tackle from Saints. Zach Martin from the Cowboys. Brandon Brooks from the Eagles starting at guards. With Brandon Scherf behind him in backup. 
Jason Kelsey from the Eagles as the starting centre with Travis Frederick as the backup centre. Um, you can see in both divisions that they're shared amongst a few teams, aren't they? It's, it's not How do you tell who's a good O-lineman? Oh, you can tell. I'm sorry, but this it's is one of the tell. biggest farces of the Pro Bowl is that people can pick offensive linemen. There's no way you know which big fat guy leaning on another big fat guy is good or not. It's like Trent Brown. No, I, 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 get where, I get where Tim's coming from. Like, for Trent the average Brown. casual fan. Yeah. Trent Brown got into fan, the yeah. Pro Bowl. Trent Brown was injured half the season. It's just, with, especially with O-linemen, it's all about name recognition and it's all about you voting for your own people in your own team, quite frankly. Like, the quarterback and stuff and wide receiver, running back, yeah, you can tell if someone's had a good season. I really don't know. It's like you should vote for an O-line as a unit if you're going to vote for it because you can see a good O-line working as a unit. That'd be an interesting like, way to look like, at it. Just picking out people from an O-line, you know, it's like if you look at the Raiders O-line, the right-hand side works well as a team. So if you're going to vote one of them, you vote both of them. And it's just – anyway, Brent, over. Carry on. <laughs> How about we just scrap the Pro Bowl – and we make the two worst teams fight it out for the number one pick in the draft. <laughs> that that's a game I want to see. Like, do you think this year? Bengals versus Giants. Giants. Would you really want to watch that? <laughs> like, it's it doesn't sound too appealing. I think the problem yeah. with that is I think you mentioned it, Tim. That let's say both those teams need a quarterback. Yeah, you've got two quarterbacks playing to win a game where they get replaced. <laughs> yeah, that's my own that's my only issue with it. I think that's I've stolen that idea from someone else. I heard it somewhere else and was like, oh yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, so that's you a got, really valid point. And I, I don't think the NFL PA would allow that to people to lose their jobs through one game. But it would be a cracking game <laughs> well, to watch. It's not I mean I, I get where you're coming from, but it's not necessarily the case. Like you're only it's 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 first or second pick. So there's only one difference in the picks. There's still pretty high likelihood that you're going to lose your job anyway. Only now you've been put in a game that's high stakes and the potential to maybe save your job in that one last game. I don't know. Uh, final offensive pieces there. We've got Kelsey starting for the AFC with Mark Andrews behind. Both very well-deserved, I think. Uh, and then George Kittle starting for the NFC with Zach Ertz behind him. On to the defence. We'll go with the D-line first. So, AFC starters are Joey Bosa from the Chargers, Frank Clark from the Chiefs, uh, with Calais Campbell starting behind them. Um, and then the interior linemen, Cameron Hayward from the Steelers, Chris Jones from the Chiefs starting, Geno Atkins from the Bengals uh, backing them up. NFC, we've got Cameron Jordan on the Saints and Nick Bosa on the 49ers starting at ends, with Daniel Hunter from the Vikings starting them, uh, backing them up. Sorry. Uh, with the interior alignment as Aaron Donald and Fletcher Cox starting uh, from the Rams and the Eagles and Grady Jarrett from the Falcons start, um, back backing them up. I think they're pretty good ones all over. Agree. Yeah. Okay, then we'll go on to the linebacking cause. So AFC starting linebackers are Cameron Hayward, Chris Jones, Von Miller and TJ Watt with back it... Um, not Cameron Hayward and Steelers, that's right there, lineman. The Darius Leonard from the Colts. Back backup linebackers are Matt Judon from the Ravens and Dante Hightower from Patriots. NFC, we've got 
Uh, Chandler Jones from the Cardinals, Khalil Mack from the Bears, Bobby Wagner from the Seahawks starting with shout out to Shaq Barrett from the Buccaneers uh, and Luke Keekley backing them up. Uh, a lot of linebackers could have made that, to be honest. Khalil Mack's not had a great Khalil season. Mack, is it? Yeah, he's not. I agree. Um, defensive backs, I can think there's going to be a lot of Patriots here. Cornerbacks uh, for the AFC, um, we'll do all defensive backs. Stefan Gilmore, Tredavious White starting, Minka Fitzpatrick starting, Jamal Adams starting. Backups there are Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, and Earl Thomas. So a lot of Ravens there as well, actually. More Ravens than Pats. From the NFC, we've got Marshawn Lattimore from the Saints, Richard Sherman from the 49ers, Buda Baker from the Cardinals, and Harrison Smith starting with Jalen Ramsey, Darius Slay, and Eddie Jackson backing them up. Don't think Jalen Ramsey should be in there. Mm, he's only really won a couple of good games. He's, mm. he, he wasn't playing far off the season. Yeah, that's a very good point. Mm. Mad that Minka Fitzpatrick's the starting pro ball after getting traded to the Steelers. I think that's incredible. I love that. I, I love that. I think, especially that whole AFC starting the back there is going to be really that's that's one thing they're going to be very interesting and exciting to watch all playing together yeah I think that was a really really good trade for the Steelers thinking mm. about it uh, and then quickly we'll go through special teams can't forget them AFC we've got Justin Tucker as the kicker uh, from the Ravens Morgan Cox as the long snapper from the Ravens Brett Kern from the Titans as the punter uh, Mikol Harden from the Chiefs as a return specialist and overall special teamer Matthew Slater with the pet Pats. Uh, NFC, we've got Will Lutz from the Saints as the kicker. Rick Lovato from the Eagles as the long snapper. Tress Way from the Redskins as the punter. Deontay Harris from the Saints as the returner. And all over special teamer Cordero L. Patterson by the Bears. So yeah, that's the Pro Bowl uh, if you hadn't read it yet. Uh, and uh, it's the... If you are interested, the Ravens with the most Pro Bowl players by 12. Uh, and I think second is only the New Orleans Saints with seven. So that's a massive, massive turnout by the Ravens there. It's impressive. Okay. That's, I understand that was a bit, a bit long, so we'll move swiftly along. Craig, you have a three-part question. Yeah. So with this week with me having the charges and having... The Giants, it got me thinking about the whole Rivers and Eli. And, you know, it was back in 2004, for people who didn't know, that Eli was picked up by the Chargers, who then immediately traded them to the Giants for their fourth round pick, which was still at Rivers. And the pair of them did a straight swap. Um, who who do you feel got the best out of that trade? Who do you think's had the better career up to now between Rivers and Eli? You know, obviously, Eli's got them two Super Bowl wins, you know, um, I'm sure. Joe remembers. Yes, remembers thank you. Thank others, you. But... <laughs> I think it'd be silly to not say Eli. Yeah, yeah. As as I think talent wise, they're probably equal, but Eli's got two Super Bowls, and that's that's why we play the game. All right, six I mean, that, that's, that's <laughs> a good point. What's the what's the second part of this question? Okay, so Manon. Um, you know, as I said, we just said then he's got two Super Bowls. He's one of only five players to have two Super Bowl MVPs or more. 
Um, do you think you could name any of them? Ooh, any oh, of the other God. five? Mul- so Manning's got multiple super MVPs. Brady's got a half two. Brady's got a few, I think. All right. Come on. Okay, so Eli's got two. Brady's got four. Roger Starbuck. Nope. Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw is in there. He's also got two. So that's three, three, three of the five. So you've got two more left to name. Joe Montana. Joe Montana is in there. He's got three. Nice. Who's the oldest person to do this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bart Starr. Oh, oh spot on. One. Spot on. Yes. Yeah, he's got two. Oh. Well done, Tim. Well done. Ah, thank you. Age does help. <laughs> okay, so the, the third part, yeah. The, the third part on this Eli train that it sort of sent me on is um, Eli holds the record for the third longest consecutive starts for the streak um, in you know for the, the record in history. Um, who were the two players that are above him? Favre. One of Yeah. Favre is number one. Who's number two? Philip Rivers. It is Philip Rivers. Oh, Philip Rivers nice is above him by um, 12 starts. He just overtook it, didn't he? Yeah. Because someone benched Eli. I'll never forgive you. Is it Ben McAdoo? I think that was his He was quality. God, he, like that. I, I didn't even like the Giants, but I felt for Eli. <laughs> you know what must make it more satisfying for Eli is that he's number three, number four is Peyton. <laughs> it's so annoying because Peyton could have lasted a bit longer and held more records, but he, he got to the top and then said, I'm done. Then there's uh, Matt Ryan, fifth. Matt Stafford is sixth. Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson. Fifth. Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson is seventh. Um, really? Joe Flacco is eighth. Yeah. Wow, these and are all then, very modern. And really? then uh, ninth and tenth, I think, are both held by Brady. Wow, he's held the ninth, then he held the tenth. Yeah, there was a there was wow. a brief stint in the middle where there was a he had a few games yeah, out. The ACL. But, the ACL yeah, yeah. Wow. He's got a streak that's, either that's side a, of that. That's that's cool. That's really cool. Shows yeah. how I've amazing got, Brett Favre was though. I've got a quick trivia question for you. What actor has played a former Ohio State quarterback in two separate films? Is the actor alive today? Yes, he is. He's playing an Ohio State quarterback. Former Ohio State quarterback. One of the films is a football film. One of the films isn't. Is it Bert Reynolds? Nope. But good shout. I see where you th- I can see yeah, where you're going with that. One of the films was The Replacements. I've never seen that film. Oh, Clearly, no one's ever seen it. Keanu Reeves. He played an Ohio, former Ohio State quarterback in The Replacements, which is a comedy about the NFL strike. And he also played in Point Break, a former Ohio State quarterback. It's a big name as well. That's a, a weird fact. I know. Uh, right. So, sorry, I was just looking through that list. I, uh, Brady's tenth and eleventh, not ninth and tenth. Ninth was Ron, Jawos- Ron Jaworski. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at Brady's two records combined, if you were to combine them both, it would be it'd be second behind Brett. Brett's Brett's records crazy. 
Yeah, it's 200, uh, 321 total. Oh, my God. So, like, Philip Rivers is on 233. So, it's, like, not even close. No, he won't, he won't get anywhere near that. Okay. Then we are going to move on to our predictions. Uh, anyone want to update us on how last week went? Yep, I'll do that. Last week, uh, Adam had nine. Craig had nine points as well. Joe had ten. And I had 13 points last week. So that means that going into the business end of the season, Adam's in the lead on 146. I'm on 139. Joe's on 138. And Craig's on 135. So Adam and Joe still Um, have a bye week. This week, I will be taking my bye. So I will not be voting on any of the games. Uh, Joe will be taking next week. Um, but so we'll just skip me out there. So now it's Tim, Craig, Joe. Uh, let's go. We've got three. We've got the three Saturday night games this week. So don't forget about that. Don't forget to watch uh, the first game there being Texans at Bucks. Texans by three. Yeah, I have Texans by seven. And I also have Texans by seven. You're all sleeping on the Bucks. Bills at Patriots. This is going to be oh, just to kind of say, there's a lot of good games this week. A lot of good games. I believe in the Bills. Bills by six. Yeah, I have Bills by four. You're all deluded. Pats by six. <laughs> <laughs> four, uh, and then the, the third one, another banger. Rams at 49ers. Uh, 49ers to bounce back. 49ers by ten. Uh, I think it'll be a little bit closer. Um, 49ers by four. I've got 49ers by nine. Okay. So the other end of the spectrum, we've got the Bengals at the Dolphins. Tank ball 2.0. Dolphins are at home, so Dolphins by seven. Uh, I've gone Dolphins by five. I I don't know why, but I've got Bengals by two. I don't know why. Oh, I'm not <laughs> a little scared about the Bengals. I felt like being different. I need to catch up on points, so I've got to go for these. Uh, Steelers at Jets. It doesn't matter who plays quarterback for the Steelers, they still win by eight. Yeah, Steelers by seven. Steelers by three. NFC East trash mile. Uh Giants at Redskins. Redskins by ten. Redskins by four. Redskins by seven. Okay. Panthers at Colts. Colts by seven. Uh, I've gone Panthers by three. I've gone Colts by three. Okay. Ravens at Browns. Ravens by six. Uh, I've gone Ravens by 11. And I've gone Ravens by 12. You sound confident for a man who lost to the Browns. Jags at Falcons. Uh, Falcons by 14. Falcons by 7. Falcons by 7. Could you imagine if you'd said seven weeks into the season, you'd say the Falcons over the Jags? (laughs) No, never. Saints at Titans. Uh, Saints by 10. I'm really struggling with this one. Uh, 
you know what? I'm going to stick with what I put down. I'm going to go Titans by three. I'm going to go Saints by six. I like it. Raiders at Chargers. I don't know why I put this, the, the score that is. The Chargers are definitely going to win, but I've gotten by five. They're going to win by more than that, probably. Uh, I've gone Raiders by seven. I've got a bit Why? of faith in Tim's Raiders. <laughs> Why? Why? Because I watched that game last week and them seven turnovers that I seen before and that diabolical outing by the Chargers. It's it's going to be a game of who who wants to lose more, like who can lose worse, and I I think the Chargers can lose worse than the Raiders can. Well, I I probably take a leaf out of your book. I've got the Chargers to win by ten. <laughs> Lions at Broncos. Broncos by 10. Yeah, Broncos by 10. Broncos by 14. Cardinals at Seahawks. Could be a good game as well. Seahawks by 10. Yeah, I've gone Seahawks by 7. I've also gone Seahawks by 7. Oh, God, this game actually gives me anxiety. Cowboys <laughs> at Eagles. <laughs> Cowboys by 3. Uh, I've gone Cowgirls by 11. Cowboys by 10. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> Chiefs at Bears. Chiefs 7. Chiefs by 10. Chiefs by 9. I'm going to say that's the upset I think there's going to be this week. Uh, Packers at Vikings, the Monday night matchup. Packers by 5. Uh, Packers by 4. Vikings by 4. Mm, there's a lot of lot of disagreements this week. It's nice to see. I just hope you all do terribly, to be fair. <laughs> and, okay, what is everyone's bold prediction? So, a quarterback, other than Jameis Winston, will have three or more interceptions. <laughs> other than Jameis. <laughs> Okay, I've gone down a similar kind of road. I reckon there will be 15 or more interceptions in total this week. And I think that what people are expecting to be a very defence-heavy game, uh, the Bills at the Patriots will actually have more than 50 points in total. Ooh. I think Craig's thinking along the same lines as me. There's going to be a lot of desperate teams, and towards the end of the games, they're going to be throwing that ball up, so... Gonna be a yeah. lot of interceptions this week. If it helps, my prediction would have been something like uh, Patrick Mahomes throws three interceptions into the Bears. But hey, doesn't matter what I think. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Um, can I can I have all your your prayers and luck for the Tafts fantasy? Super oh yeah, oh yeah, good luck. Yeah, good luck. Who are you playing? Uh. Summer Breeze, I think is his name. Summer Breeze. It makes it feel fun. Yeah, him. him. <laughs> well, Summer Breeze, thank you for not only joining our league, but beating all three of us out of the, the playoffs, except for Joe. Uh, good luck to both of you. Who's, so, your start, who's your starting quarterback there, Joe? Uh, uh, Lamar Jackson. Oh. Well, you'd be all right. Oh, uh, yeah. Course, really, really. Congratulations. Lamar Jackson. Yeah, well done, CMC. So, they've done right. me well. We have done very well. Uh, yeah, what's our social medias there, Joe? Yeah, so you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at TAFS underscore UK. 
And you can also find us on Facebook. Just type in that American Football Show. You'll see our little logo. Hopefully, will pop up. Uh, keep involved on socials. Uh, we're going to keep staying interactive. Obviously, very busy over the Christmas sort of period. Hopefully, we will be able to keep that going. Just join in with the fun. We'll post every time. We'll do a few polls. And yeah, whatever. Ask us a question. We'll answer it for you. Obviously, with the holidays coming up, it's going to be a bit difficult in terms of getting shows out. But we will. We're unsure of the schedule at the moment, but we will get some shows and some stuff out as, we will do as soon as possible. Yes, you will be entertained. <laughs> exactly. Right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, if you don't hear from us again, hope you have a merry Christmas. But you will hear from us again, so you'll you'll have a merry Christmas then. Um, but yeah, thank you all for listening. And see you later. Oh, just win, baby. That American football show funnier than Mrs. Brown's boys' Christmas special. I think dying's funnier than that. (laughs) My brother loves it. I don't know why. Oh, honestly... He's an intelligent man, but Jesus wept. It ruins my Christmas day. Like, <laughs> I, I just watch EastEnders and I'm like, it's, <laughs> and I'm like pretty pumped after EastEnders. And then like Mrs. Brown boys come along, I'm like, oh, for God's sake.